0: Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have David Childs. How are you, David? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. No, it's awesome. I want to kind of let you introduce what you do. And that book looks amazing. we have got to talk about that as well. But go ahead, please introduce yourself.
1: We We go into companies and organizations and we help their teams capitalize on who they are. And how they fit into the market. So it's kind of the opposite of looking for a product market fit. It's more of looking for the fit in your value systems and basically capitalizing. How did you get where you are? So mm-hmm. if you're a million-dollar company or a billion dollar company, all of those, all of that financial, all of those reasons are how you got where you are. So the idea is all of your products and services were based out of your belief systems and your core values, what yeah. you believe in, what you want to bring to the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the sales are the world confirming that they want those. So we study those and we look for how did that work? And when you make that better, you actually end up capitalizing on who you are and you end up getting better at who you are rather than looking into the market and saying, what did Apple do? Or what did my biggest competitor do? Instead of doing that, focus on you. Creating on how you got where you are. That's what we do. So you're in the creative mode, not in the competitive mode. Um kind of both, I guess, depending on on where you were going with that. I mean, it it truly is about really understanding your value, understanding deeply who you are. Well, that's what I mean.
0: I meant like I meant like when you know when people are so focused on looking at the success and looking at the people and saying, well, I've got to be like that, I gotta be like that, I gotta do. And then they lose focus on themselves and finding out what's going on inside and finding out the creative way of being, because we're all creative beings, right? right? And work from within and find those values and bring that to market, right? So that's excellent. Yeah.
1: yeah, And the term that that we like to use is leaving yourself out, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's wonderful to read a lot of books on business, and there's some beautiful ones out there, but we gotta take stock for a second here, okay? So if we look at business books, let's say there's 1 million business books out there. Let's just pretend Uh the number's that high, and it might be, but I don't know. I don't know if any of ever counted. But let's say there's 1 million. Well, how many billion people are there? Statistically speaking, every business book ever written is an anomaly when it comes from the advice point of view. This is what I did. This is how I was successful. These are my values. And you can learn by looking at other people, but you have to understand their anomalies. So when you read a book, it's one out of eight billion or a million out of eight billion. Those are astonishingly small numbers. So it's hard to bank on those. What you can bank on, how did I make a million dollars? How did I make a hundred thousand? How did I make 10 million? Whatever it was, study that, that should be your opus. That is the point that when you make that better, your organization grows. Every single time,
0: without how do you fail. how do you find that out in an organization? Do you have some kind of software that does that, or your manpower?
1: Um, that's what we've actually. The the book is the the structure, the psychological structure behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually a loaded question when I get into it, so I'll try not to. Yeah, go ahead. Take up too much time, but no, no, it's okay. Here's the idea. Um, when I started Living Blueprint. I, I didn't know about management consulting. I didn't, I didn't do what I do now. I didn't know what it existed, but when I started, I thought, well, what do I know how to do? Well, I spent three years in a high tech high tech firm being their marketing director. So, and marketing director is a loose term because I was hands-on. I was the only person. So I did everything. I went to every trade show. I built their website. I built the interactive CD-ROM. I did everything. And I realized at some point, Hey, you know, if I do this for more than one company at a time, I'll make more money. And then i thought and it'll be way more exciting because just having one client doing one thing all the time it gets a little bit boring so Mm -hmm. i had outgrown that and i moved to vancouver and i started a graphic design company and from there it went into branding then brand strategy what i call brand strategy but what it was was i was spending a lot of time with my clients in the boardroom asking them what do you do how do you feel what's going on because i knew because I worked internal for three years, I knew that everybody had a different understanding of an organization. Every department had a different understanding of what you do. And I knew that they were all correct, even though they were all different. So that's Mm -hmm. what you have to compile. You have to say, okay, so the CFO sees how the blood flows through an organization. So when you ask him or her, what does your organization do? They're gonna give you a very specific answer. And I'm gonna say, it's probably gonna follow revenue because they're gonna go, hey, we make all our money here, so we've got to stay there. You ask the marketing director, what do we do? Well, when I put this out, we get a large response, okay? You ask the team, so if you have an IT team or whoever it is, they're all going to give you different answers. Then you mm-hmm. ask the founder, what do we do? They give you a different answer. So who's correct? So the process that we've built over time, and this is where we ended up being a management consultancy, and now we're turning into a training platform because – we want to give this to everybody rather than a few clients a year but when you can balance out all those voices um if you think of it and this is a it's a bit trite but as a puzzle everybody has a piece of the puzzle but who's correct mm-hmm. so the idea is you get you find out the facts so what what are the facts that the cfo knows that everybody in a new organization agrees are actual facts right and you do that through everybody Once you have a reasonable understanding of what facts exist within a company that everybody agrees upon. So one client, it was, they buy a lot of stuff. So they buy, there are a lot of acquisitions and mergers were a big part of, and they've been there consistently in their 30 year history. Mm -hmm. It was a fact. You couldn't deny that fact. Um, So then once everybody agrees that those facts exist, now you twist the knife. Now you say, why did they exist and how do you feel about it? And it's in there that your values emerge. Why do you keep doing this? Because let me tell you, when you're doing acquisitions, the marketing department is fully aware about it. Your your IT team, they're all fully aware because they've got to deal with the ramifications. Your CFO is planning the budgeting. So when you ask them, how do you feel about it? How does it impact you? How does it work with you in your day to day? Now you start getting all the things that people share, which are values once you align those now you can start to see a picture of why an organization got where they got because remember you're looking for the mechanism that fuels all of the tangible items that you see all of the tacit things that you can't see little conversations the the things of oh well in our organization we would never do that and everybody knows that but nobody's really ever defined what that is
0: the emotional side of things
1: emotional all that stuff all the tacit things that just disappear inside people's heads Mm -hmm. and when you break those by putting in a new ceo who doesn't understand them or getting a new cfo or getting a new marketing person who doesn't understand those Mm -hmm. that's where companies severely get hurt Mm -hmm. so when we expose these and make them something that you cannot turn your head away from when we make them the most important thing in an organization Now when you hire and you say you're hiring for fit, well, to fit what? Well, to fit the deepest ideologies of our organization. So how this came about was um, when I was branding and doing brand strategy, I had an office with a bunch of people in and I was doing everything in my head. I didn't know that I had a process, but I knew that I could figure things out if you gave me time. So I would spend time with my clients and do whatever it took to get to know them. And this this one time i was working with a client and i came back to my team and i said this is what we're going to do this is who they are and my team was like how do you know i said i I don't know how i know and it got pretty heated and i actually pointed at the door and said either do what i say or leave which was terrible it was horrible and i realized at that point i had to go on a quest if what i'm doing actually works there has to be a process because Mm -hmm. it can't work this was after like eight years of doing it and getting a pretty good batting average i mean it always worked so I was like, well, if it always works, there must be a process. So I went on a quest and it took a few years to actually, quite a few years to figure out a process that anybody could do that was repeatable. Mm. And it covers everything from management consulting to brand strategy, to ideology, to belief systems, to values. In the book or is the course or both? It's going to be mixed through both. And I'll, I'll explain That's a good okay. question. And I'll explain yeah. why it's mixed through both. Okay. Think of it as when you're buying a car, do you need to understand what a catalytic converter is and what it does? I could care less. You know, you when you're buying a car, you're like, well, I've got six kids and a wife. Does it look good inside? (laughs) Will it work for you? (laughs) Yeah. That part is the course. The part of what a catalytic converter is and how that works is the book, the deep dive. So you can do it for yourself. So you can Mm. understand. The course is so we can come in and you can follow simple steps where we leave everything out. You don't need to know what it does for it to impact you. So the course, we're doing it, and it's not out yet, but it's made to be as simple as possible. Follow these steps, fill this in, do this, and it'll help you get deeper and deeper into mm. understanding why you do what you do.
0: So it's like, it's like hiring a consultant, but uh, do it yourself.
1: In a way, that was our goal, because we thought, you know, if, if we sell this eight, 10 times a year, or whatever it is to big organizations, that's wonderful. But we're only impacting so many people. Yeah. Like, well, here's a challenge, if we can break this down so people can do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. First of all, we become an exponential business or the possibility.
0: Yeah. I like that. that idea, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and second, any company could buy this. Our limitation in the past is the way we structured this before when we worked with big companies was we had to have a team of five or six people on our team. Um, we had to go into their organization and actually demand a lot of time from a bunch God, of people of in their company, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. big companies, they went for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest company we did our full process with was a billion-dollar company with a 1,000 employees. Mm-hmm. Down from that, 100 million, uh, you know, it it breaks down all the way down to million-dollar companies. But the process was always the same. The scale was different. How much mm-hmm. research we did, how deep we went was different. Mm-hmm. But the process wasn't. So then we thought, well, come on, like if we can just get people to fill in the blanks, yeah. could it work? And we found out it actually does. So you did now a study You did a study on that part
0: yes. to know that, okay. Yes.
1: Well, it's, yeah, like, well, here's the thing. So once I built a system, I said, okay, here's a system that anybody can do. I don't need to be there. And we tested it and we're like, yes, it works. Next. Okay, well, if the system works, and this was the fun part, Shahid, if the system works, there has to be a psychological system, reason that it works, there has to be psychologically speaking, there has to yes. be a structure that works. Mm-hmm. That's the book. Mm-hmm. And the reason I went that far, that there's a lot of reasons. One, I wanted to know why it worked. Because If I know how it works, I know where it breaks. I know its shortcomings. I know its strongest points. So I wanted to know that because I didn't want to take something into the world that was Mm half-baked. But when I started going on the path of figuring out who I was, um, I read a Richard Brands, no, not a Richard Brands. I read a um, Tim Robin, Tony Robbins book. And when I was reading his book, Unlimited Power, I tried a bunch of the things in there and they worked. And I thought, okay. He simplifies very complicated things. and said, look, do this, this, this. Mm -hmm. Something will happen. So I did it. And I did it enough so my brain changed and went, there's something there. And then I stopped reading his book.
0: Yeah, once you stop,
1: it's gone. Mm -hmm. But the reason I stopped was he kept talking about Carl Jung. And I know if you're an academic, you'll say Carl Jung, or however you pronounce it properly, because I'm not German. It's okay. So there's Carl Jung, but he talked about him a lot. So I started reading his books because... Tony Robbins states very openly, Carl Jung, Carl Jung, Carl Jung, the second thing he states on every second page is neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. And he's very open about that. He's like, look, Mm -hmm. I'm doing these things. I mix these together as an alchemist, Mm -hmm. and I made what I do, because what he found was those things were hard for the normal person to approach. And Mm -hmm. I I know this, because it's really hard to read a Carl Jung book, and it's very hard to read NLP books. Mm -hmm. So, but I read those. So then I could see what it was actually doing. So then when I thought, okay, well, I'm putting all this together, it just made natural sense for me. If the system works, there has to be a reason. I need to know the reason. And then once we figured out the reason, it's like, well, we should give this away too, mm-hmm. because it makes sense. There's going to be, and, and, and I know I'm, I'm riffing here, but the reason that I want to give that away is because I want people to further the exploration. I want people to come in and say, I could do this with that you know, like a doctor or somebody else could look at it mm. and say, hmm, I would use that differently. Wonderful. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe so we'll the book, out. book is like the mindset side of things.
1: The mindset and the psychological cycle. Psycho, yeah. Overall. Side. Yeah. The inner is workings. Written, it's, it's not written as an academic exercise. It's written yeah. as a story. So good. you don't, we don't, we didn't want it to be a textbook. We didn't want it to be academic. We wanted it to be an enjoyable read and because of that it's taken a long time i wrote is it out no i wrote the first version of it here and i finished it two years ago and it's academic and it's hard to read and it's like an nlb book yeah yeah and i was like you know what i don't want to i don't want to put that out so we've completely rewrote it and um the second draft of it is going to be done hopefully this week then we're going to go into production on just finalizing the book and getting it ready for. for so the- around when, approximately? It's funny. Every time I draw a line in the sand, I'm glad I use sand, but um, <laughs> it will be out this year for sure. Uh, we were hoping for Q1, but um, we discovered a few things about a month ago, and then we're like, "Oh, there's an extra few thousand words." Yeah. So yeah. I, I believe we are getting near the end of the race, and I believe mm-hmm. it, it will be out before the middle of the year, at least a pre edition. To the full edition and the course, the course we're actively working on it. Now, my business partner and I, we're structuring everything. We're going on podcasts, we're, um, putting everything together. So we have the structure of the course we want to do, but we're actually laying it out as multiple courses. So there's, you know, part one where you learn one specific thing, then you move into part two. So it's a flow, um, we're setting out that flow right now. So then we can go back and we're aiming to film the course in about a month.
0: Mm-hmm. So basically, in in, in two thousand and twenty one is when we can see both. Absolutely,
1: yeah. That I can commit to that. Yeah, I can that's commit good. To that. Yes, everything. That will be sounds
0: it sounds exciting David like it's it's the overall format is is lived by you guys actually experiment experimenting with such big companies like yes. we're, not, we're not talking about Mickey Mouse here you're talking about big companies and you yes. have tested it by losing this process to achieve these amazing things and I'm a big fan of that that philosophy side that the, you know the oh, good the mindset yeah like that, that without that core foundation like it's so hard for anything to work um, so yes. I love the
1: fact how you put it all together and that design is very unique oh thank you and yeah. you know it, it, when the the trouble i had with my business um and i i honestly didn't know better was when i was doing branding most of my time spent was doing management consulting but i'm not a management consulting i'm not consultant i'm not qualified for it yeah Um, my business partner is she's got her MBA and she's a full fledged management consultant. And trust me, when she came into the company, um, our capacity for depth went astonishingly deeper because, but the thing was when you're hired as a branding or a brand strategy agency and you start acting like a management consultant, the only thing you can do is confuse people and sell yourself really cheap because nobody's going to pay management consultant wages to a branding person. It just doesn't make sense. So I had to go through that whole process of figuring out, well, who are we? And the way that stuff like this works today, it is split apart because a part of what we do when you get into the softer side of a company, it does get into brand and PR territory. When you get into the structure, the evidence, the facts, that gets into management consulting. When you get into the human side of it, you get into HR. So the problem that we've had is, Nobody's asking for all of those in one piece. Everybody's asking for them fractured and taken apart. So when I go in and show what we do, people are like, wow, that's great, but we're going to have to get HR. They don't know what to do with us. And that was the other reason. Like we got some big wins and we got some really big clients, but nobody's asking for that specific mix Mm -hmm. of everything put together. Mm -hmm. And that was why we went, well, we know this is valuable. We know people can use this. So then we thought, well, okay, let's, break it all down into courses and teach people and putting out the books. So we can, we can make our own rules. We can make our own playing field, but now we can actually approach companies and say, you know, for X amount, which is going to be, you know, a low amount when it's like typical course rates, which we're still figuring out, but it, you know, it'll be much more approachable for someone to just put it on a credit card, yeah. pay for it, try, and go, Hey, this actually did something for us. Okay, we're interested in the next course. Wow, yeah. that
0: changed. Well, and if you're basically providing uh, value to masses if it's easily okay. accessible. The growth is like, amazing, right on the business side. But look at how much, how much you can actually, how much you can, how much of a change you can make in the industries, right?
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, there's a company out of uh, Southeast Asia called Mind Valley and they're doing quite they're doing very good globally he's one of the top ed tech companies in the world now and my co-author Amir actually worked inside that company as the number two guy with Vishen Lakhiani, uh for a lot of his beginning of his career and I believe it was from when Mindvalley was a handful of people and doing a few million all the way up to 50 or 60 million Amir was in there and when Amir left Kuala Lumpur and came to Canada we found each other and I taught him everything I know. And then at one point, he's like, You know, I'm going back to Malaysia. Can I try this process on Vision? Oh. Amir? Can I try it on him? And I thought, Well, sure. Because all I wanted, Shahid, all I wanted from him was for Vision to go on any platform anywhere or just give us a piece of letterhead saying, I like it, it works. Yeah. That was my intent. Of That's course. all I wanted. Mm-hmm. So Amir goes to Malaysia. He sits with this guy, and now here's the thing: he knew him because he worked with him for five or six years. So he knew how the company worked. He knew where it struggled. He knew where the owner was stuck. He knew what the company did. He knew what he knew what the marketing was. So all of that stuff, when I tell you how fast this happened, you're going to go, "Well, how could that be?" It's because he had five or six years of knowledge that our process has to make up for, and that we, as consultants, would have to learn when we don't know you. So that aside, he knew him. So he did what we call the polarity funnel on him and he spent a night with him and he did this for him. And it got to a point where vision he was confusing his values. He was putting different things up. He was saying different things. And the background on it, what we didn't know, and I'll tell you what we didn't know, because this guy now has gone on stage, his videos online with hundreds of thousands of views of him with the laminated polarity funnel, holding it up, saying crazy, amazing things about how it changes business, for instance. 50% 50% year over year growth. It took him over a hundred million by him, understanding his core values, living by them, being a servant to what he believes in mm-hmm. his company exponentially grew. And as he puts it, so, okay. So we'll step back a little second. We we'll gave you a foreshadow of what happened. So the next day, he calls him here into the office and says, we've got to do a video. So he sits down with Amir for an hour and just talks through and Amir's like, yeah, I learned this from David Childs. Here it is. We're doing this. And one thing he said was, this is going to stop me from making a business that I turn around and hate when I'm 50. I thought that's an interesting thing because he didn't know why he did. I what could he see did that mm-hmm. he did, but he didn't know. Yes. It. Very so, powerful. A year later, a year, a year and a half later, this video comes out. This guy puts on a global conference every year called Awesomeness Fest, A-Fest, and lots of people go, and it's invitation only. He does the keynote speech at the end. It's an hour long talking about this process. Then he does it again a year later, saying like amazing things, like you're 50% year over year growth. Like his business was changing. He couldn't even understand it because he was working from his values. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing, Shaheed. If on your website you say, I believe in continual learning, I believe in X, but now I work from you and X doesn't exist, now I don't trust you anymore. So in 2016, and I'm only going to tell you what Vision said on camera. On camera, Vision said before this process, he had CFOs stealing from him. His company was in shambles. He was losing money every month and they didn't know where they were going. These are mm-hmm. his words, not mine. On camera, on film, on the internet. Yes. After this, when he went to his people and said, this is actually what we believe in, and it was true. Everything changed. So the people that were there for the wrong reasons left. The right people came in, and when they came in, they came in on the right values, and when they got there, the values were ever-present everywhere. Changed everything. And then, last year, Vishen put out this book, The Buddha and the Badass. Now, the first chapter in this book is all about my process. And it mentions Amir, because Amir did the process with him. He doesn't know who I am. I've got like a casual reference in there, even though
0: it
1: it was a mix of what Amir does and a mix of what I do. But the mm-hmm. process largely was the polarity funnel, which there's parts of it talked about in here. And then the whole book is based on the first chapter, which is mm-hmm. great. And it was a New York Times bestseller overnight. So all I wanted was for Vision to say, I liked it. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got way more than that. Because it changed his personal life. It changed his life. It changed his business life. And why it did that was because the way our process works, we completely evidence-based uncovered his actual values that got him to where he was. Not the values that he read in a book or he learned from this person or that person. Not the values that are trending right now that if you say, oh, I'm values-based, now it's like, oh, you must be a good company. Who cares about all of that? We isolated the exact values that made them successful, that made them a global entity. Hmm. And we said them out loud, we doubled down on it. He built it all out and it changed everything.
0: Excellent, amazing stuff. It's so powerful, you know, like for me, I was very excited to talk to, especially for the component on the, you know, the um, psychology of it and the mindset part of it because you see so many people talk about strategies and do this and do that, you know, get this guy in here, fix this, buy this service. But I've seen like in my life, how it's such a transition when you start working on what's going on inside you and find out what's, what makes you who you are and, mm-hmm. and work on that and, and know those values and know those things and get passionate about who, what you represent what your mindset is, what do you believe in, what you can achieve. When you start working on those things, those other things, anything you really go after kind of starts working because you're, you're in that frame of mind and, and that book that you referenced, mm-hmm. even in that book, like the title has spirituality in it. Yeah. Like it's such yeah, a core fundamental they, part of business. Yeah,
1: and, and mind Valley is really into that. Like the mm-hmm. Buddha that. Yeah. We like right. to keep it much more agnostic. Yes. Um, But here, so, and and it's funny, you know, because this whole idea of studying you internally and all of that, it's almost becoming a cliche. Hmm. But here's the thing, here's the thing. The reason that our process works is because when you isolate why you do what you do as a human being. So for Hmm. instance, Paul McCartney can sing and write music and he loves being on stage. Now, Hmm. a lot of people do that, right? Right. He's like, what, 75 or 80? Mm-hmm. I don't know his exact age, but he's somewhere around there. He just released an album. He cannot stop. His tank is full. There are people that wrote five songs and disappeared. That's fine, too. But the mm-hmm. thing is, he's an anomaly. He can't stop. Now, here's the thing. What course do I take to learn how to do that? What course do I take to become Paul McCartney? It's, it's ludicrous. It doesn't happen. I can mimic some of his skill sets but can I mimic his voice? Maybe, but can I mimic him? Can I get the value systems that make him who he is? It's ludicrous, it can't happen. A lot of people have tried. So what that means is inside of him, there are innate innate skills and abilities that are his and his alone, that belong to him. And what he did was he learned how to capitalize on those. He learned to sing like he sings, not like somebody else. So for instance, Britney Spears comes out and then 50 other little groups come out that all sound exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Britney Spears, not the 50 that sound the same. And forgive me for the example, because I'm pretty sure Britney Spears sounded like other people. It's part of a chain. Mm -hmm. But when Paul McCartney came out with the Beatles, they sounded like the Beatles. And when Paul McCartney came out with wings, he sounded like him. He always capitalized on himself. Now, the other side of that is the world really likes what he does right? Because he's so original, they like what he does. And I have to tell you, if you ever listen to a full Paul McCartney album, don't know how else to say it, there's a lot of crap on there because he's so experimental. But when he nails it, it's incredible. So the idea then, if all of us have innate skills and abilities within us, all of us, you, me, the idea is you have to find those and you have to capitalize on those. And that's it. Because here's the thing, When you live a life of duplicity, when you find, okay, my mom wants me to be a lawyer because my mom's a lawyer, my dad's a lawyer, you become a lawyer, you're working in duplicity. There's two things happening at once, and they're both fighting for relevance. And when one of them wins, the other dies. So have you ever heard of midlife crisis? That's when the lawyer wins and you inside who are like, you know, I wanted to be x i wanted to design cars i wanted to be whatever you wanted to be when you make the lawyer so real it becomes a cactus it becomes a thing you should self image
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it kills you it puts that flame out but here's the thing that flame may go out but the tension of it fighting back on what you've become will be ever present it will never leave you and when you understand the values that hold in the middle and you act according to those, there is no duplicity. So the thing is, all of the resistance when you become that lawyer, there's things inside of you pulling you back and stopping you. That's resistance. And it stops you all the time. So you're pushing forward. You're, you're fighting through the mud. But once you get rid of that, all the resistance disappears and you actually start propelling yourself forward you start propelling yourself faster because the resistance turns into inertia it turns into movement and that is why when you actually get your core values and who you are correct and you capitalize on it you end up starting you end up moving much faster than you ever could in any other way your revenue goes up faster because there's no resistance now here's the thing if this is true for one individual paul mccartney Shahid, me if this is true for that What is an organization but a pile of people? Yeah, the company is people, right? And all of those people are parts of an organism. Now, that organism ends up shaping itself into something with innate skills and abilities. And and that's why Apple can do what it can do. That is why Samsung can do what it does. Mercedes, all these big companies and a lot of small companies that are thriving because they learn how to capitalize single-mindedly on themselves. You have to be aware of what your competitors are doing, but who says they got it right? Who says they know what they're doing? Who says they're not copying you? That's why there's no point. And here's the thing. When Apple tried to copy IBM, it didn't work. When Mm -hmm. Apple stood on its own feet, they changed the world.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I believe in this statement that, you know, amateurs compete and professionals um, create I really believe in that and then you know when you actually know what's going on inside and you believe it in your core and you go after that you find a success and if you find that trigger that you know something
1: that you're good at good things happen can I can I challenge you on that okay and it's, it's a phraseology thing. And I understand mm. the phrase and it's mm. lumping things into categories. But mm. if there's one Broad. thing that I think we can all agree on as human being, lumping things into categories doesn't turn out too well. Because here's the thing. Richard Branson was an amateur once. And he called his company Virgin because he had no experience. That company is now one of the biggest companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And he never followed. There are companies that were huge like Zenith. They were professionals, yet they copied, oh, and they are no longer here. Yeah, I so remember policy, Zeta. <laughs> the categories are very dangerous. So it's not about being a professional or an amateur. I would argue, it's about determined self worth, determinedly fighting to figure out who am I, why do I exist, where do. So I but where's the focus, the though? The focus where would that focus the, be? The focus is the balance between you and the world. So, for instance.
0: But it still starts from within, though, right? You're focusing it on to. Yeah, so that's what I mean. To. That's what that statement in my mind means, is that you're mm. kind of, you're just working on who you are. You know, you're just bringing that out. If you're too focused on that guy and what they're doing and they're doing and they're doing, oh, I got to copy that. I got to take that. You're losing that focus. That's
1: what that meant for me. Mm. But remember, though, it's tricky because you're saying that amateurs get it right and prof- or amateurs get it wrong and professionals get it right. That's the part I'm challenging because a lot of professionals get it wrong and a lot of amateurs get it right. So it's more of the human in the middle, right? So what we're, what we're all searching for is what is your endless tank of gas? What can you do day in and day out that you absolutely want to do that? You have skills and abilities for, so for instance, there's a lot of stuff that I love to do that is not marketable that people will not pay me for. Those are called hobbies. Yep. Now, for other people, those hobbies could be a million dollar business or bigger. And that's depends. Fine, but for me, mm-hmm. I can't market them. It's not mm-hmm. something I want to do. So what we're looking for in our professional lives is something where we have a full tank of gas, something that we love to do, something we have unique skills and abilities for and something that's relevant to the world, something you're obsessed with that the world will pay you for. That's the holy grail
0: so what is that though like that component i agree with that component right Mm -hmm. but what is that are you are you basing that on
1: competing with others or are you creating go back to where we started so we're creating right at that point potentially potentially but so if if you look at it from the beginning i made a million dollars okay well how did i do that Mm -hmm. and then you break it apart these are all the things we sold this is how we sold okay well why did you build that well i built that because i love doing this why do you love doing that well because i have a core value of x oh okay so we discovered that by reverse engineering Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so when we protect those then the fruits of those get bigger and stronger as they go and remember if you're studying things on one side that you sold and making them better the people who bought it are going to go that's better I'll buy another one,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You also have to study, well, what do they believe in? What do they want? Why did they actually buy it? You have to understand that. So when you understand what they actually want, what drives them, what gets them up in the morning, what gets them excited, when you can isolate that and put that on the other side, you, what gets you excited why you get up in the morning, there's a middle ground that we call the harmonic note between those two things where they ring together in unison. And the louder you make that, the bigger your company will be. Mm-hmm. But the key is, if you get one of those wrong, it doesn't work. So, for instance, if you get it wrong by stating, you know what, I, you know, I I took a, I spent five minutes and I figured out my core values. Us as a team, we all sat around and we agreed that these were our values. And Vision from Valley stated, he sat around with his team and they all figured out his core values. And guess what? It didn't work. Then we did the process, found his real core values, and it did work. Because here's the thing when you sit around with a group of people and decide the values that you believe you should be living by, they're altruistic, and you're painting a perfect view of yourself. What you're saying is, when I'm perfect, I would do this. It's like, but when you made that product, you were who you were, warts and all. Who's that person? I don't care about that person because I want to be this person because this person is marketable. This is what everybody's talking about. In fact, so-and-so was on Oprah Winfrey last week and these were his values or her values. And I want those values because when I have those, I'll be successful. You just left yourself out of the argument. You do not exist anymore. You've just replaced yourself and said, well, if I'm him or her, I'll be better. Yep. So now all of the reasons that got you to where you are, have been trivialized and trampled upon. So now when you go to make your next product, you're using the wrong mixture. You're coming at it from the wrong direction. And that's why when a lot of companies reinvent themselves wrong, nothing works. Sometimes you get it right by accident. And I'm not saying you can't read a market report and say, Hey, you know what? If we put a car with a hole in the roof so people can open it, they'll like it. Sure, there is a time and a place for that. But I think we can look at a lot of car companies and say which ones are values driven and which ones are product market fit driven. And there's a huge difference in there. A huge difference.
0: Do you remember the uh, the Audi lights when they came out? The front, no. the headlights for Audi, the, the dots? Then okay. every other maker started bringing the same lights. I don't know, you don't yeah. remember, it was the biggest thing, right? When Audi came up with those headlights with the dots, it was just incredible. And Hyundai and all these other guys are like, it's pretty common now, almost all brands have it. It's a beautiful concept, but you know what It's yeah. what worked. people took it,
1: right? It, it, it works. And that that's just mimicking. That's yeah. that, that was back when Apple said, Hey, you know, IBM has a laptop. Why don't we just make one exactly. and charge 100 dollars less? Yeah. And you know what? They were correct. That would work. That yeah. works. Yeah. yeah. Many Here, people here's do a that. Mm-hmm. 1500 bucks. Here's one for 1400 yeah. bucks and they do the same thing. Yeah. Well, I'll take that one. But here's yeah. the thing. You're never going to change the world if that is your yeah. constant business model. I agree. When Steve st- when Steve Jobs said, "You know what? The iPod" because the thing was before the iPod there was 20 years of MP3 players that nobody bought then he went I want to release the exact same product and I was like what the hell are you talking about these don't sell and he's like people mm. are missing the yep. point." yeah yeah when he it's said a thousand a songs dim. in your pocket everybody was like wait a second i got i got like i got 8 megabytes on my MP3 player how many songs mm. is that like 30 <laughs> yeah he said oh, it's a thousand And then they went, well, the other ones can't do a thousand, so we'll buy yours. Mm -hmm. The reason he built that was to unlock a market. He never went to the market and said, you know what you want. I'll give you what you want. He said, I know what we're capable of, and I know what you actually want. He was creating. Just like Henry Ford. Mm -hmm. Henry Ford said, if I go to the market and ask them what they want, they'll say a faster horse. It is your job as the business and the business owner to develop yourself to a point where you see things in the market that your market could never possibly understand because you're the expert. That's why you focus internally. That's why you get good at being you because opportunities that you can figure out Mm -hmm. like the new M1 chip for Apple. They figured that out by studying themselves. What are we capable of? What is the world capable of? Where is technology going? If they went to the market and said, Hey, do you guys want faster computers? uh yeah yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah we, okay great so there was like makes uh, their computer a little bit faster that, the yeah. m1 chip i don't know how much you know about the m1 chip no it's i a, don't actually it's a, mm. categoric, leap. It's a mm. categoric leap they actually broke the the, the chipset that runs their computers i believe it was built by nvidia i think it was them
0: nvidia yeah i believe so
1: yeah it, um new fellow running it he went to them and said i want to use a different methodology on how this chip thinks because i want cell phones to be faster than computers and the guy said no i don't want to do it so he walked away from them and they developed their own m1 chip that thinks differently their phones are now faster than computers and if you look at comparison tests for rendering video which is very very
0: i gotta upgrade then
1: very intensive (laughs) for processing power and all of that, Hmm. they show things like Final Cut on a phone, rendering faster than a computer. Wow! And this Hmm. is available online, go watch it. Just search for the M1. Oh, check it out. And then what he said, and then what he did was, you know what, let's just put that chip in a computer. Awesome. So now the computers that are coming out from Apple with the M1 chip are lightning fast. And you know, you and me have been buying computers for how long, and every time you get it, it's faster. You turn it on, you're like, it's the same. Yeah, (laughs) it feels the same, it always was, right? But if you take your computer from now and turn your one on from 10 years ago, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. But when it's incremental, but the yeah, thing yeah, that you don't feel it. did mm-hmm. isn't incremental. It's a mm-hmm. leap. It's a mm-hmm. leap forward. Quantum. In fact, the software companies are scrambling right now because the way they've designed their software isn't fast enough for Macintosh computers anymore. Wow. Incredible. In Incredible. Incredible. So the, so the only way that he found to do that was by searching internally, understanding his market. But searching internally, he wouldn't have figured that out by going to any other company. He mm-hmm. found that out by looking at himself. What are we good at? What are we capable of? Mm-hmm. And now they were the first two trillion dollar evaluated company in history. Amazing. You think these things Amazing. are unrelated? Of course not. Amazing. Study Amazing. yourself. Yeah you got to understand where you fit into the world. What are you good at? What do you have innate skills and abilities to do? Where will you never stop? And what is relevant that people will actually buy? If the relevance isn't there, I'm sorry, it's a hobby.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Now, for me, I'm talented at music, but I am no Paul McCartney, not even a shadow of him. Um, people run when I sing away, people run to him when he sings, but we both sing, but here's the thing, innate skills and abilities that people want to buy from you. Our process goes in and systematically uncovers those within organizations. And it teaches you how to capitalize on them. That's why our clients grow. And again, we broke that down and said, how can we take this to everybody? Mm-hmm. yeah excellent amir, nice. when he took it when when amir took it to open or to Mine valley and had it work so quickly we're like okay well yes he knew a lot about them so how can we circumvent that how can we make that happen faster how can we get mm-hmm. input to compensate for that
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's mm-hmm. what our process does that's why we're building this it excellent so we can get it out to a lot of people
0: looking forward to it looking forward to both of them Eh, sorry. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Looking today, but yeah, looking for it's okay. By the time this is published, it's gonna be about four months, three months, anyways. Um, Maybe just
1: right. it may be the right series.
0: Now. Yeah, we never know, right? Um, yeah. Or if you want, we could even plan it that way. Uh, you can let me know. Um, I can I can hold off on the
1: on the episode for you. Um, yeah, we can we can keep in contact for that. Yeah, so yeah, no problem. It, uh, four months when it comes out because you yeah. got a line to line up with all the ones. Yeah,
0: that. like all the series, but I can make a note on that for the team and they'll just hold it until you let us know. So we could talk about that mm-hmm. later. But we always okay. like to ask our guests what their inner superpower is that got them to
1: this point. Um, my inner superpower it uh it comes from two things it comes one from uh, when i was six years old my my dad left our family and that left me with um a lot of abandonment issues and then when my stepdad stepdad now entered the family who's still with my mom he's been with her for oh five, wow
0: that's amazing years now mm-hmm.
1: there was the typical tension you would expect from a six-year-old and a stepfather yeah. thinking, well where's my dad and yeah, yeah
0: exactly
1: it's and he feeling. and I see the world opposingly and I am no better or worse than him. And he is no better or worse than me. We're just different. We see different. the world. Yeah. So those two things have created an interesting mix inside of me, which actually is the reason that I built everything that I built. So the abandonment is how do we, how do we keep the right people together? How do we structure something? So we find out why are we actually together and how can mm-hmm. we protect mm-hmm. that? That's the abandonment part. Mm -hmm. The next part, having a stepdad and I, who we just found it difficult to find common ground and communicate. Mm -hmm. Well, how can we get people to communicate? How can we get individuals in a team to actually hear each other? And here's the thing. I never set out to build this. I built this by studying me. I built this because this is something I can't get away from. I built this because selfishly, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. So I can work on the relationships in my life. And it just so happened after ripping all of this apart and building these things is like, that's what it does. That's how it operates. And it's like, wow. So my superpower now has become relentlessly figuring out teams and building processes that make them better, make them stick together awesome. longer. Make that's the
0: passion. Better. That's it's awesome. It's something
1: that I have a full tank of gas for. It's something Amazing. that marketable i have skills and abilities for it it's something i can't i can't turn it off that's amazing
0: amazing david and i know what i i i genuinely genuinely um wish you and and i want you and your company and what you're doing to be Extremely successful because of the values it has, and what it can do for the economy and for businesses, for entrepreneurship, and I, I, I definitely anywhere I can help, let me know. Um, mm-hmm. I I, I respect your your mission and your your passion and everything. So I just want to end the, the the podcast by saying thank you for for bringing this
1: on our show. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, and it's interesting every time I talk about things. You know different things come up and I learn a little bit more every time. So, but yeah, thank you very much. And I I look forward to sharing this with your, uh, with your audience.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. Take care.